Hello, and welcome back to the Book Marketing Tips and Author Success Podcast. This is Penny Sansevieri with my ever-awesome co-host, Amy Cornell. And today we're talking about a topic that's actually become very popular. Uh, I've, I'm starting to see a lot of classes on it. We, the genesis of this podcast is uh, a blog post that went up on our website, and we got so many comments on it uh, about how to market your book without social media. And I've had this conversation in coaching sessions and in classes, and it is becoming a really hot topic. I would agree. There are so many reasons why authors don't want to be on social. I mean, I feel like we've maybe heard them all by now. (laughs) You know, some people just find it too complicated, which I get because figuring out what works and what doesn't is not an easy task. And it takes a lot of trial and error. Um, this has become a really popular one lately, and I, I I don't mean to be insulting by giggling, but some people straight up tell me they're too old to do social media, mm-hmm. which it's like, okay, I mean, I, I know a number of quote unquote old people on social media, so it's not impossible, but if that's what you want to stick with, then okay, we got to respect that. And some people just literally run out of time, you know, but the list really goes on. It's always been one of the most contentious strategies that we cover and that we recommend, Penny, I feel like. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely completely agree with that. And, you know, by full disclosure, I don't manage my own social media. I mean, I manage my personal Facebook page, but I would absolutely have no time to manage my own social media. Amy's team manages my social and they've been doing it for, I don't know, five, seven years. It's hard to remember how far back it goes. But, you know, and the same people, so Amy's team, the same people who manage my social media also manage it for our authors and they do a great job, but paying somebody to run your social accounts is maybe not in your budget or you just hate social media. So, you know, hence the episode and it's, it's not an unrealistic thing to say, I, I just, I have to get, I, I can't stand to be on social media. I have to get off. That's very true. And I think a lot of people also get the wrong idea about Mm -hmm. social media and it can be really discouraging. You know, we hear it all the time, you know, how do I sell more books using my social media? Because we do a dedicated social media coaching strategy as well. So we have that available. It's very specific to people, clients that want to dig into their social and their strategy. So that, that is a question we get a lot with the coaching. Like, how do I sell more books on my Instagram account, uh, through Twitter, all these things. And honestly, our reply is reminding them that social media is about your branding. It's, you know, for authors, it's really not as much of a direct sales strategy as it is about your brand and giving people access to you and getting yourself out there to introduce yourself to more people. Um, But, you know, when we start saying that and we basically, I think whenever we say like, well, this doesn't necessarily sell you a lot of books. I feel like we start to sound like the teacher in the peanut series, you know, (laughs) Yes. (laughs) once people hear, well, it's not about sales. We you know what I mean? So yeah. Yeah, that's another tough one, too, that I think really sets people off a little bit and puts them off of social media, because if they think like, well, if I'm not going to sell books on it, why would I waste my time? Well, that's exactly right. I mean, it is misleading. And I think the magic does happen from time to time, but not always. And that's where it gets hard. And unfortunately, the majority of the time is, you know, you're not necessarily feeling that social media magic. And then there are some people like Seth Godin, who I adore and I buy all his books. He's never subscribed to being on social media. 
And that obviously, if you're listening to this, you're probably like, oh, I know Seth Godin and he's a really big name and I get it. But I think that it it's really important to dig into this because if you don't want to use social media, that's fine. But you should be prepared to have a great website. And I mean, you should have a great website anyway. But if you're stepping away from social media portals, then your website absolutely is your resume. And as Amy alluded to, it is your branding. And you should be prepared to have a blog because you really want some way to communicate with your readers. Yeah, absolutely. That's so right. Your blog becomes the getting to know you Mm -hmm. part of your brand and your website that gets updated, that keeps you current. It's, you know, and that's something that your bio can't do. And I think a lot of people forget that they're like, well, you know, I have a great extensive bio. They know everything they need to know about me. But in this day and age, people are used to social media and being kept up up to the minute updates on all the things, you know? And so your blog is a way to kind of bridge that gap if you're choosing to not be on social media. And for fiction authors, it's an opportunity to have an ongoing conversation with your followers, with your fans, mm-hmm. again, and updated on what you're doing. Um, and it also serves as a really great tool for creating a more multi-dimensional brand. You know, you can do insider info deep dives into characters that maybe are, you know, superficial in your early books and you want to give people inside scoops on, on how these characters came about or what their background is. I mean, we could do a whole show on creative ways to expand on your book storyline or the world you've created by creating extra content on your blog, honestly. That's absolutely right. And we should definitely do a show on that. And I think that, that growing your fan base, turning them into super fans is absolutely crucial. And if you didn't catch our podcast on super fans, we did one on February the 4th of this year. So definitely check that one out. But I will add to this. If you're not, you know, a lot of times when I talk to an author, like, Hey, you should have a blog. You should update your blog. And they look at me just exhausted. Like I'm already, I'm already doing all the things on social media. But if you're, if you cut social media out of the equation, you have a lot more time for your blog. So consider that too. That's a really good point, Penny. I like that. Like take away one thing and put yeah. that energy into something else. Yep. And if you're a nonfiction author, your blog, you know, obviously shows you're staying on top of current topics and the news cycle. I mean, if you're not on social media doing that, you have to absolutely be doing that on your blog because it turns into a really key element of your, your professional portfolio, essentially for when you go and pitch other platforms for guest pieces, interviews, all the things that support your becoming a thought leader and more recognized in your industry for your ideas and in the input you have. So that blog, again, as Penny said, if you take away the social media element, you have to kind of repeat those efforts on your blog. And and that can be your outlet for staying current. And I will say that for a while, it will feel like nobody's reading your blog. So the blog you know, and I don't know if we've ever done a whole show on managing a blog, but we should, if we haven't, um, the blog is something that is very front loaded. So it may take months, uh, for people to start commenting on your blog, but you're going to keep, you know, keep feeding it with content. So blog is definitely important, especially if you're taking, if you're if you're stepping back from social media, the other thing to consider is BuzzFeed. So BuzzFeed, and especially now this time of year. So we're mid-August, we're getting into, you know, fall. Thank goodness, I love fall. Um, 
And we're going to start seeing a lot of like top 10 things to do for Halloween or for back to school or for Christmas or whatever. BuzzFeed loves what they, and they call these listicles. So top 10 this or top five that. People love, you know, um, 10 books that I love, great author, great author gift ideas. And there are a lot of other places that you could write for. So BuzzFeed's one of them. They always love content. Hub Pages um, is another one that likes, you know, user-submitted content. Places like Frolic Media is also, uh, they're also always looking for content too. So those are definitely places you could reach out to. I, yes, I love that idea. That is another very good point because the reach that social media gives you, mm-hmm. um, if you're taking that away or not going there and not using those channels, then you have to create that reach in other ways. So I love that you mentioned all these lists, Penny, and, and being proactive about getting your content on other sites because, as you said, you know, your blog can take a little while to really pick up steam. And then it, you know, and in the meantime, proactively putting your stuff out there in other places will help you with that reach that, you, that you're not going to achieve through social. Yeah. But of course, if you're not going to have social, and again, a lot of these things, I feel like, you know, we've said this already, but all of these things are relative, relevant, even if you're on social media too. So this is not an, an a, you know, if or that, you know, one or the other, um, but they're just, these are just reminders that if you're not on social, you know, you also definitely need to have a newsletter. That's going to be really important as well. Um, we did a show back in March of 2021. Mm-hmm. So you definitely want to listen to that for some really in-depth recommendations and considerations. Cause while we know it sounds like a big ask, a few authors, you know, they, a lot of you don't feel interesting enough to have a newsletter and I get it. I don't feel like I would be interesting enough to have a newsletter to be entirely candid. <laughs> but really, you just kind of have to shake that off and just get started. And then I, I, I really feel that once you get that first one out there and you start planning it, you're going to realize how doable it actually is um, to actually get a regular newsletter out there, even if it's just quarterly to start. Just, just commit to something. Right, exactly. And I think, you know, if you're going to invest in a newsletter, you need to have a really good reader magnet. And we did a mini-sode on this, not to keep referring you all back to these uh, podcast episodes, but definitely if you're ready to do a deep dive, August 27th, 2021, we did a mini-sode on reader magnets. Uh, It's basically what we're talking about is giving your readers a reason to sign up for your newsletter. Plus, you'll also want to keep in mind that by creating a solid newsletter, you're setting yourself up for potential cross promotions with other authors in your genre. They call those newsletter swaps. And it gives you some leverage to use that in collaboration. And I recommend newsletters. And I know we talked about this on the March 2021 show that we did on newsletters. I always recommend an author newsletter, even if you're on social media, man, a newsletter is it's a great direct connection to your, to your reader, to your audience. Yeah, absolutely. Again, people love receiving them. So Mm -hmm. I think that's another thing too, because I, I get a few author newsletters and I, I love reading them. They, I am not expecting life-changing, mind-blowing content, to be totally honest. I just love getting the updates and seeing what they're up to and getting teasers about what they're working on and things like that. So again, going back to, you know, we hear this a lot, like, I just don't feel like I have anything to say in a newsletter. Just 
you know, cut that off and just go for it and and see what happens, you know, give it a shot. Yeah. Um, Another big element that you need to utilize if you're not going to be on social media is a letter in the back of your book that tells readers how to find your site, how to find your newsletter, any special offers. Like this is a great place to also uh, promote your reader magnet. You know, what is that extra bonus that they get for connecting with you and, and networking with you? Penny talks about this a lot. You know, if you haven't picked up on the theme yet, what we're doing is giving you alternative ways to funnel traffic to your brand and your website that you won't be getting through social media channels. Right, exactly. And I think that, that, you know, the letter in the back of your book, which I am a huge, huge fan of, makes your book work for you, whether you're fiction or nonfiction, all roads have to lead back to your website, which, you know, is your home base, whether or not you're on social media, but in particular, if you're going to kiss social media goodbye. Uh, another element that authors often overlook is local media. So we love local media and any local outreach. In fact, we did an episode. Here I go again. Here's another episode. <laughs> we did an episode on pitching your local library, which is a great idea. And I can't remember when we did that episode. I apologize. I don't have the date on that one. But you can definitely search it in um, in the, the podcast library. But local bookstores and local libraries are influencers. So you we authors spend so little time focusing local because they have this they have this this vision for national attention and national um, you know uh, national sales. I met an author I don't know a bunch of years ago, and she. Her very first book, she'd self-published, and the first month she sold 5,000 copies. And she did that just by focusing on local. Local events, local media, local, local, local. That's all she did. So there's definitely some some power in that. That's really incredible. That's a great, I love that. That's a yeah. right there. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, since we're on a roll, should we also touch on influencers? Because- yeah. A lot of them are on social media and that's how they get the word out. So how do you recommend authors navigate that penny if they're if they're really trying to keep off of social media or for those of them that just haven't even started? Well, I think that uh, influencers, anybody who's on social media can respect somebody who has made the choice to not be on social media. The more you build your platform off of any social media site, the more robust a potential influencer may see you, Right. Because I think gone are the days when big social media numbers felt influential. And we know that you can buy um, you can buy followers, which we never recommend, but you can do it. and And we know now that engagement is much harder to come by. And engagement is a thing that really matters. So just because you aren't active on social media doesn't mean you shouldn't pitch influencers. And we've discussed this on a number of branding episodes, but it's definitely worth a reminder. Even if you are not using social media, claim your social media um, profiles so at least you're they're under your branding umbrella and they're not taken by somebody else. But yeah, I mean, I think if you build, um, if you build a uh, and I, when I say robust website, I'm not necessarily saying I'm going to throw ten or fifteen thousand dollars at a website. If you build something that looks professional. And you're doing, you know, you have a newsletter and you have a blog that's updated. There's no reason in the world that you can't pitch influencers. 
So if you're not using social to network in your industry, it's more, even more critical to put yourself out there for influencer to find you. Harrow, which many of you probably heard of, helpareporterout.com is a great option uh, for finding, you know, finding influencers and finding leads and media leads and things like that. But you can also list yourself on Podmatch too. Podmatch isn't free, but it does um, podcasters find guests there and things like that. So that's another uh, great opportunity to get yourself found if you want to be interviewed on podcasts. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, Penny, because if, if you're not on social and you don't have an immediate connection within your industry or your topic on social, obviously mm-hmm. this is specifically for nonfiction, um, it's, it's a lot harder to generate opportunities. So I think your point about getting listed on these sites that are actively being, you know, perused embedded, and farmed by media people is a really smart way to circumvent having to have such a, a robust social media presence in order to kind of, you know, it's essentially the digital version of standing there and waving your arms in the air, like, Hey, pick me, you know, so <laughs> instead of doing it on social, you can get listed on these great sites that help connect you with uh, media people that are looking for experts in certain areas. And at this point, it would be fair if many of you are thinking like, well, this has started to sound like a lot of work for something that I wanted to avoid doing. <laughs> you know, everybody's thinking like, I wanted to save myself some time by not being on social media. And, and I get it. It, what we've mentioned is a lot of different moving parts, but, you know, by putting your book out there and if you have goals to be successful with it, every choice you make for your brand and for your marketing, both what you do and what you don't do, that's a path that you're taking. And none of those paths are entirely clear of some hard work and some consistent efforts. So, you know, not doing social, that that is a choice you can absolutely make. You know, we've given some tips on that, but with that comes other responsibilities and other things you do need to do to make up for it in in a lot of ways. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we're not necessarily saying that you have to do all of this. The reality is um, most of it will really benefit you. So why wouldn't you go all out? But I think to start with, find a couple of ideas and do them well, create a checklist that you can work through um, as you get the hang of anything new to take on. So ask yourself if social media is really worth your time, if you have a robust following on social and lots of engagement, then I wouldn't recommend ditching it necessarily, but if you're flailing and you've already given it a shot and you're listening to this and you're nodding and you're thinking, I would really like to get off of social media, then you might want to consider, you know, expanding into these other areas. And you can also, you can also try, like I said, one or two of these even and stay on social if you're not really willing to kind of pull the plug on your, on your um, social media account yet. I want to thank you so much for listening to this show. And I want to say part of this, part of the reason for wanting to do this show was also because there's so much chatter out there about getting off of social media. We love your ideas. So by all means, send us your ideas. There's a way to contact us in the show notes. We love a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to leave a review. We love those. Thank you so much for listening. This is Penny Sansbury and Amy Cornell, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.